0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Diehards and Glory Hunters. And a special episode in that this is technically, though, uh, spoiler alert, we're not recording on the exact day. This is the New Year 2021 celebratory edition of the podcast. Uh, So happy Christmas and a happy new year. And here's to a better 2021 to everyone that's listening. But of course, I racked my brains and I thought... Who could I get on to celebrate such a massive moment? And there were only two people that came to mind. They are the they are what the UK has been clamoring for, more so than a vaccine. (laughs) They are the Smith brothers, Pip and Nicholas. How are we doing, lads?
1: Very well. Thank you, George. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you both. Are you well?
1: I am after that introduction. (laughs) most compliments i've gotten a very long time
0: (laughs) uh. (laughs) no you heard it here first better than a vaccine i stand by it Um, so i also i suppose um rack my brains to sort of try and find something a bit different and something that would cause a little bit of debate because we do like a bit of debate um and I felt it felt like i've been doing quite a lot of all-time elevens or best themed 11s of uh, of some club or some um, different theme recently so we've changed it up a bit and instead we've we've, we've gone from 11 to a top 10 Radical you can see
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can see that I thought long hard <laughs> <laughs> about how we might find
1: the podcast. <laughs>
0: Um, so yes um, I challenged them to come up with the top 10 and their first top 10 because who knows this may be something that we continue as a little motif going forward um, but the first top 10 is nice and simple it is the top 10 best players currently playing in the Premier League and uh, I think both Pip and Nicholas have got their own um, orders waiting and um so we will go through them both obviously from 10 to 1 and though i'm obviously willing to listen to their pitches um as to maybe why that a player should be in or even why a player should be enough above another player because that will be a source of controversy no doubt um but in the in the uh, in the case of some conflict i will as ever have the deciding vote so, um, without further ado...
2: Just, just for clarification, are we going... I've planned this in my head for just off this season. That is also what I've gone
1: for.
0: Yes, yes, OK, for clarification, this is, as of right now,
1: yeah. heading
0: into 2021, based off of the, what have we had, 15, 16 games we've seen so far? Yeah, absolutely, you won't be... You won't be criticised for any um, any disrespect of past legends or whatever. <laughs> it is as, as of the moment.
1: Okay, excellent.
0: So, Okie dokie. Well, we'll go youngest first. So, Nicholas, who have you got in 10th place?
2: Oh, uh, you see, my planning has been pretty organised. <laughs> but I, I wasn't planning um, the whole 10th place. You might judge me for this. Um, I've got two people for 10th place because I couldn't split them. If I had to okay them between them, and you'll see why I'd group them together, um, mine is Vestergaard slash Zuma is, um my 10th place. If I had to choose one, I'd go Vestergaard. Wow. I mean, oh, the listeners are aghast <laughs> in their,
0: in their <laughs> chairs, no doubt. We're off to an absolute flyer. <laughs> of all the names that I wrote down in preparation for this, Yannick Vestergaard was not one (laughs) I was expecting to come up. But go on, Nicholas, the floor is yours. Why do you think he deserves a place? Um,
2: You see, I was making my list and there's going to be some obvious players I'm sure we'll talk about later who are all strikers. I wanted to have, at least for the sake of fairness, 10% of my list to be defenders. (laughs) So off to one defender. One to ten percent, it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm a percentage of the time myself. <laughs> um, but um, out of those, I think the two obvious ones were either Kurt Zuma or Vestigard. So um, I did a bit of number crunching, um, put some things into calculators. Um, no, no, I just used a website and compared the two. <laughs> but um, Vestigard for me comes out on top. I'm going to shock you here. Right. We- Oh, oh, hang on. I was just going to say, when you say number crunching, did you just pick the tallest yeah. defender? I, because uh... <laughs> well, you'd also win on that one. If, if, you want to, if you want to play that game, I'm sure he will be in the top 10. But then, then again, so will Dan Byrne and he hasn't made my list. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so Pip, who have you got in
0: 10th position? Well,
1: I also had a very similar thought, pa- thought pattern to Nicholas which is that i was just putting in attacker after attacker and as a um, in in my youth days of born under 12s <laughs> born under born town under 8 the to 12s, in heights. of born town juniors <laughs> even cup double <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway as a goalkeeper and then defender um, i also felt that I should have at least someone from the defending side and the surprising thing is if I had to pick a defender Vestergaard was also the name that came to mind um, because he's produced both goals and also I think been very solid at the back for Southampton and a big factor of their success Um, despite limited speed and mobility one would have to argue he does a great job cutting things out Um, so I'm not actually as shocked by Vestergaard as you seem to be or as many people might be, but I actually went a different route and I went for a goalkeeper and I went for Nick Pope. Really? Yeah. Goal, out of all the goalkeepers? Yeah. Nick Pope? Yeah.
2: On what grounds? On the grounds. Oh, Are we just doing the tallest, the tallest <laughs> goalkeeper now? <laughs> No, on the ground, lads, lads. Well, you know, you know, why I tasked
0: you to do this? Uh, did you put in any of the obvious choices, or have you just gone for an alternative
1: top 10? <laughs> this is not alternative. You ask for debate, George. <laughs> <laughs> we will. <end> debate. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so why Nick
0: Pope then? I've Pitt? gone
1: for influence for their team, and um. Mm-hmm. And also a bit of number crunching. If you're putting Vestergaard in on stats, Nick Pope has a safe. And you've said yourself, and I quote, I am a percentage man. Well, mm-hmm. try and find a safe percentage of a regular keeper um, <laughs> that beats Nick Pope. Oh, but that
2: is aided. And I'm not trying to get too technical here. But <laughs> Nick Pope's safe percentage is dramatically aided by the way Burnley defends and their low block. The way Burnley defends with the centre-backs, how they position, the funnel shots towards the goalkeeper you could put most goalkeepers in Burnley's team and their save percentage would go up.
1: Okay, and a, a, a fair point. But a second stat to come out of that. I also had a look, I thought it'd be interesting to see players with the most man of the match awards. And Nick Pope was won man of the match five times. I think only Kane's got more.
2: Kane's got seven.
1: Yeah. And so five man of the matches, that's not just easy saves. You don't get man of the match for just easy saves that have trickled through, do you? No. And so that shows that in five matches, for a goalkeeper to get mad in the match, you have to put in a good shift. Bernie in trouble, but he's actually got the conceded... The other goalkeeper, based on current form, is Martinez, because he's obviously had that, this string of clean sheets. Um, He's yeah. only got one fewer clean sheets, and actually goals conceded is pretty much the same. I think there's one goal difference. Um, And Pope's been playing for a team a lot lower down the table than Aston Villa. Um. And um, so I, I would argue that um, the influence that he has for Burnley and the points he's saved, his save percentage, even if they're not the most, even if that's ages by the blow Yeah. I don't think he can go as far as irrelevant. He's still got to save them. And his man of the match performance <laughs> mean that, um, for me, he sneaks in as my wild card for the top 10. Oh, well, I've got a few more wild cards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one wild card per ten. I
2: am in trouble. but um, <laughs> OK, so,
0: well, this is not how I was expecting it to start, I have to say. I, I didn't have either Vestergaard or Pope in the players that I just noted down as people I thought would come have... up. Though I would stress... That is not because I don't rate them. I think Bestergaard is a major factor in Southampton, sort of A, having a very good season this year, but also the rejuvenation post the 9-0 last year. He's um, surprisingly technical for someone who's about eight 8'7", um, and is obviously a huge threat from set pieces. And Nick Pope is a very, very consistent goalkeeper who I would back above most goalkeepers in the league to... To save shots, not that. sure his distribution's great <laughs> in comparison to some of the other goalies in the division. But hey, yeah, that's
1: true.
0: I'll take it from an ex-goalkeeping superstar in bit yeah. <laughs> But um, it's about what they, what you do with your hands. Um, I don't know what I think. What I'll do is I will temporarily pick post, just that's because I'm. <laughs> See, I thought I'd have more back. Just because I'm not sure if another goalkeeper will get in, judging by who else I still think will come up. Yeah. But I may be wrong. So to be clear, Pope is only... And when I say penciled in, that may even be pushing it. I've already half rubbed him <laughs> out. But he is in there for now at our number 10.
1: Uh, uh, um, yeah, I have to say, these uh, sound like both our decisions very much driven by the need to represent the defensive half of the pitch yes uh, which i respect i although, do respect although that. saying that the defenses haven't exactly shown this season have they? there's been a lot of a lot of goals especially early on so that might be another factor why
2: it is easier to look good as an attacker yeah. than as a defender especially when you start looking at stats and stuff uh def- attackers are always going to be benefited from that so, so yeah we'll move on and yeah,
1: that, exactly. that, that those have space for contention
2: okay well we'll turn
0: to nick and i quote percentage man smith um with your
2: number nine. okay things. well i'm going from a percentage man <laughs> to a podium man okay um <laughs> i don't know what that means a podium yes you do yeah i know what podium okay is. well if i talk Told you the person with the third highest dribble <laughs> success rate and the second most tackles in the league, you'd be thinking they would be a pretty good midfielder, fairly solid, got a bit of everything. Is and then
1: Eve Pesuma.
2: The man you'd be thinking of is Eve Pasuma as my number nine.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> um, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> the two Brighton fans on the podcast, but he is quality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with
0: you. I like Eve Basuma. I think he's arguably Brighton's best player. He may. He's probably not in the best ten players in the league. However,
2: Nicholas, before yeah. I make this sweeping statement, convince me otherwise. Okay. Top ten. I'm going. Or I maybe made a slight mistake. Maybe I was doing it in my head subconsciously trying to get some sort some sort of formation out of this. But I don't think right. there's many better CDMs this season than Yves Bissouma. The fact, and I'm going back to it, um, the third highest dribble success rate is impressive. The second most tackles, also very impressive. Um, and I don't think there's, there's a CDM like him that um, some of the big clubs have. I think there's a reason... There's rumours about Arsenal being interested, about Liverpool being interested. And I think that's because so far this season, he has been very good.
0: OK. Well, I'm almost terrified to ask, but Pip,
1: do you have the Sumer oh, at number I have I resisted the temptation to go with Brighton <laughs> favouritism because otherwise Tarek Lamptey... Oh,
2: he did cross my mind.
1: He's, been, he's been injured... Um, <laughs> But no, I've gone for one and I'm. This is, uh, th- I think Nicholas is going to get angry here. If you say
2: James Ward Prowse, is it James? No, Ward-Prowse? it's not James. Ward-Prowse,
1: but it's another midfielder. Um, maybe also just the fact that I didn't want it stacked with goal getters. But um, I've gone and this one isn't necessarily form, but I think just being good right now, so it still fits into the, the question. But I've gone for Jordan Henderson. That okay? A- okay, oh, I mean. I think that's less
0: controversial than Basuma, yeah. purely just because of yeah. his name. Uh, let's be fair, which is not, which is not necessarily fair, and that's why it is an interesting point that Nicholas poses. Because I do think that you could almost argue, and this is this is again possibly quite controversial, but Henderson and Basuma not that dissimilar in terms of what they offer their no. team. Would that be fair to say? Um, yeah,
1: fair. Uh, yeah, kind of fair. I think. Um, Both very mobile, deep-lying players, really, aren't I, they? I think Basuma's more of a ball winner than Henderson. I'm not saying Henderson doesn't do that, but I'd say that's kind of the main thing of Basuma's game that's impressed me is his breaking up, is, yeah, winning the ball, tackling and so on, which Henderson also does. But I think Henderson's range of passing, perhaps, is probably better than Basuma's.
2: Yeah, I I'm, yeah, is. I'm being slowly converted to more of a Henderson fan. Watching the... Brighton Liverpool game this season. The first half, like many Brighton games to be fair, but the first half, Brighton were a lot more dominant. Second half, only change Liverpool made is Brilliant Henderson on, yeah. and they were a completely different team. Yeah, so,
1: noticeable difference. We talk about kind
2: of. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: I watched that game as well and I completely agree uh, with you. Go and on.
1: He, he's not one for the... Oh, sorry, Nicholas. But he's not one for the stats because he doesn't post big numbers in many of the Except stats. Except
2: from ground coverage, perhaps. But even Which I don't Which you've got, got to
1: hands. appreciate. <laughs> I love a bit of ground coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Trying hard was probably my biggest <laughs> asset <laughs> in football. And so I've got a lot of time for a tryer. Um, the, the other <laughs> thing I'd say... So we talked about um,
2: Henderson's kind of impact to Liverpool, he also, and even though Arnold hasn't been um, quite so prolific this season, it was Henderson against Spurs, I'm fairly sure is where he offers Liverpool so much by being so selfless, kind of, when Liverpool have the ball, so often he slots into, like, the right-back or left-back positions um, to allow Robertson or Arnold to go forward, so I think if we're talking impact on the team... And kind of, if we're looking to praise someone for being a good team player, there's not many better than um, Hen Doggy Dog.
1: Exactly. And reinforced by the fact that if you look at the uh, Liverpool's wins with and without him, um, then um, they're dramatically more in favour uh, when Henderson's playing. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember seeing it and thinking, fair enough, Hen Doggy Dog. <laughs>
0: Yes. No. I it just that that sentence took a long time to finish. <laughs> I, I, I I assumed oh, you apologies.
1: had. <laughs> you to be on the next time, Henderson. Good. <laughs> I was a bit more... <laughs> <laughs>
2: when, when it started, I was like, "Go on." <laughs> and we all
0: knew what the point that you were trying to make. I just thought, <laughs> I wondered if there was something else coming. <laughs> Sorry, Pip. No, it was, it was very well made and very articulate, I might add. <laughs> um, yes, no, I mean, I um, I don't need to lavish more praise yeah. on him, really. Um, I agree. I think it, he plays a really underrated role in that Liverpool team. And at the Brighton game is a great example. They are not the same team when he's not there. Um, so for that reason, I don't have any problems whatsoever with Henderson being in the top 10 so we'll put him in provisionally at nine i mean th- there's no point really sticking to an order at this stage because i guarantee it will be subject to change as we keep going through i don't think the sum is going to make it but i'm sort of glad that you have brought um people like him up because i did make a little list of people that i wanted to give an honorable mention to so I- i'll mention a couple just now because i don't know if you're say them but obviously if you do yeah. then great um, but a couple that have really caught my eye recently are Pedro Neto for Wolves who I think is maybe arguably almost like the breakout star this season actually if you compare him to what he did last year um, I think he's got bags of talent and at 20 he will be um, some player in the next five years or so and the other one who I unfortunately watched absolutely boss the game against Chelsea on tuesday night is um is john McGinn, oh, yeah. who i'm a big fan of i think he's an underrated yeah. player um I, I quite like i
2: quite so
1: large. you,
0: you yeah. quite like him as well in it yeah 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 so i just thought i just thought if we were going to go with some well not honorable mentions but um, slightly more obscure shouts i thought i'd throw their names in the hat with the with the of this world anyway um, so Jordan Henderson is in at nine provisionally. Um, Pip, we'll switch to you. Who have you got well, at number eight?
1: I'm not entirely happy with this one, based on, yeah, based on the question. Um, but I've gone with Liverpool again, and I've gone with just because. Not at all. No.
2: I'll be removing that one straight away if we're going off this season.
1: Yeah, and that's why I said I'm not entirely happy, and I'm open to criticism, because he's gone a long stretch of this season without scoring. Um, And I think I have just been swayed by how um, good he's been in the past. And he he still is really good on the ball. Um, He hasn't matched the um, stats of last season. But, um, I mean, and also maybe it's the fact Liverpool are top of the league, look like favourites again this year, have been the best. And so it's easy to look good in the best team, I guess. But, um, yeah, I've gone to Sadio Mane. um, just an all-round good player. And even if he hasn't scored as many goals, um, still quality.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I, I don't think that's oh. that controversial. I think I'm guessing this is against it because of his lack of
2: goals like his, this season. His is that output correct? this season. Don't get me wrong, I'm still a massive fan, but his output, if we don't off this season, if he's getting into the top 10, then the likes of Marcus Rashford, who's got more goals and assists, should also be getting into the top 10. Um, and he's not—he hasn't made mine either. So while I agree, kind of, he's a good player. I think going off this season, I—I um, I don't have him in here at all. I don't have him higher up. I obviously haven't had him lower down. But um, he hasn't got into mine. My number eight, we're on now, um, is Danny. In. He's been injured yep. for part partly this season, and I know I've brought up numbers, and Mane's um, got slightly better numbers. One more assist than. Uh, Danny Ings but in a much better team if we're looking at contribution to a team you've got to put Danny Ings as being very influential in that Southampton team
0: Oh, Now this is an interesting one because I'm a big Danny Ings fan I have to say, I've said this a couple of times in previous episodes I think he's almost an all round striker, he does everything that I would want um, from a centre forward. I think he's he's a very classy player, Danny Ings. But ironically, I I wonder if your argument sort of goes against you here, Nicholas, just in that he's not been as prolific this season because of injury problems. Whereas obviously last year, he would be nailed on. But then that also is the yeah. case with Mane. I mean, to be clear, I think we, we should clarify, I think if we were picking a best 11 in the Premier League, Mane would have a very good yeah. chance of being in it at any time that is and the only reason that he's not an absolute cert this time is purely because he's not been as effective this season in terms of numbers but I still don't think his overall level of performance no. has dropped
1: that and much and if you're looking at just if you just take mm. this uh, pure face value who is the better footballer Mane or Ings I'd still say Mane yeah Yes. Want to go with Yeah. Teams. Agreed. Yeah. Um, then I'd question why you've gone for Ings over someone like Calvert Lewin, who scored more goals than Ings.
2: I compared. I'm glad you raised it, because I was gonna I was going mention it. Otherwise, I looked at um. I compared the two, just are two people. Kind of, you've got to think about when um who's done well this season. But um, well, Calvert Lewin, yes, has got more goals. He's also played more games. But also, and I know there is an art to scoring goals in the six-yard box, but Calvert Lewin's goals, so um, a few of them he's stolen off for a Charlison, <laughs> um, but a lot of them have been made by the other team. I think Danny Ings is a lot better <laughs> at creating his own goals than Calvert Lewin.
1: Well, Oh, I agree with he's that. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Team.
2: He's um, he's doing better than Calvert Lewin is in the Southampton team for sure.
0: Oh, that's a, see. I was I was with you, Nicholas. But that that is a big claim. I mean, it's one that we'll never know the answer to. I definitely agree. Danny Ings is a better all-round player than Calvert Lewin. I'm I'm totally with you on that. I think he's got of, more to his yeah. game. Um, where, whether he's would do better in that Everton side because I guess the, the problem with that is that so much of Everton's play now is 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 really. catered to Calvert Lewin. They yeah. put a lot of crosses in the box because of him. Hmm. Well, you know what? I, I don't know why I'm, I'm in an arming like I have to make a decision. I don't. Well, we can, we well, can I keep moving on Mar- before I have to. Absolutely. De-
2: Not for this season. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: yeah I, I, I'd struggle to leave Mane out of a top ten Premier League anything really, but I don't think it's a guarantee. I'm interested to see who else you come up with. There's a couple who I sort of thought would 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 come up between sort of ten and seven that haven't. So I'm sort of mm-hmm. holding them back to see if they're mentioned. So we'll um we'll move on to, to we're at seven, aren't we? So um uh, Pip, we'll go with you again. Who've you got in? My seven?
1: list is um Jamie Vardy.
2: Aha. Now he is someone I thought would get yeah. in, absolutely, yes.
1: I've,
2: uh, uh, Nicholas I've got him someone um, one place higher. I had um, Martinez, who we've spoken about briefly. Um, you had Martinez that high. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's the first time that you've both said a player, and it's in both lists. So we'll talk about Vardy in a second. But Nicholas, just just talk to us a bit about Martinez. Um, Why are you a big fan I'm of him?
2: Slightly, a bit X Factor style. I kind of like the sob story behind him. I'll admit, um, <laughs> but also <laughs> um, he, he does have the most lean sheets in the league. Um, He's not. Pip brought up safe percentage for Pope. He has the second highest safe percentage in the league. Um, so still a worthy... Behind Pope. Carry on. But behind Pope, but his his ones... Uh, I'm not going <laughs> back to the burnley low block argument. We've been through that, but my point still stands. Um, zero hours leading to goals. So what surprised <laughs> me about someone like him, you'd expect, or kind of, yes, you have some keepers who kind of surprise you with some of the saves they make, but they're also a bit unreliable. He has zero errors leading to goals. So he's been very consistent um, for Aston Villa. And I watched their game recently, and he just takes off so so much pressure off the, um, the Aston Villa back four. By the way, he comes out and claims so many crosses and catches them as well. I feel quite a lot of the um, defensive success Aston Villa have had. I think they've conceded the second lowest amount of goals in the league. Um, I think a lot of that is down to him um, in between the sticks. So maybe it's a bit optimistic having him so high, but I think there should be a place for him again, if we're going off this season, which I seem to be more
1: than you two. Um, well, um, uh, um, Oh, this is another drawn out sentence. Is, no, I'm just trying to read your comment. <laughs> I've made my case for Pope. I've said why I think Pope I've, I i do not accept Martin that high. Um, up the list but I'll leave it up to you if he thinks Martinez is a better goalkeeper than Pope I can accept Pope being knocked off number 10 tonight
0: yes I think, I think that's become the question in my mind actually um, I think we're not Martinez is not battling uh, let's say for example Vardy for seventh spot but I definitely think he's battling Pope for 10th spot If if that's the argument so Hmm, I, I actually I, do I, have I, to make a decision here, do, don't I? Do you know what? Because I feel like I've actually gone with Pip on a couple of occasions, I'm going with Nicholas because I also like the Martinez sob story and I think he's got a better
2: all-round was, game than Pope. So... Also, um, if you watch oh, the Villa games, not only does he come out and claim things, he also starts and lots of attacks very quickly as well. So he is... While well, he's not kind of the... Um, in no way the same as Allison or Edison kind of in possession with their feet. He is still influential in attacks with how quickly he releases it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm perfectly happy
0: with that. I think, I think to be fair, we should also, we should again clarify that none of us are saying that Martinez is better than Allison or Edison or even someone like uh, Lloris, though I would personally argue he's closer to him. Um, but just this season, we think Martinez is the Going is the right out, now, the outstanding goal, time, goal. Yeah, um, I
1: can't say it. I, a run of clean sheets, one goal conceded. I'm happy to, um, yeah, put Martinez as at this very moment. There's not much evidence against Martinez. Perfect. Okay.
0: Well, that's our first locked in one. I'd say he goes in at number ten. Um. So we'll we'll skip forward again because you both did did pick and did say jamie vardy so um pip just talk us through a bit about why um, you put jamie well, vardy in.
1: um i kind of in doing this i also looked at um, the teams because i think if you're ranking the top 10 pl- players you've got to look at which teams are doing best and their best players um obviously uh are driving them towards that success and i don't think anyone can argue that jamie vardy isn't a huge part of Leicester's success in recent years and uh, he just keeps going, doesn't he? And uh, a lot of how a lot of how Leicester play he does. relies on Vardy's pace and work rate. Um, great finisher, gets goals, um, and a bit of a shit house, which we all love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we do. I think I said in a, in a podcast the other day, who doesn't love yeah. Jamie Vardy? He's a
1: national Sheffield icon. Sheffield fans, that's <laughs> him, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Nicholas do you want to add anything to that
1: given that um, only, you had him in
2: number six um, I've, I'm back to of a percentages man um, he is involved in 51% of Leicester's goals which is um, for a team in third it's not carrying because Leicester have other good players but um, it's certainly not carrying but dragging I'd say <laughs> um, he's dragging Leicester up there and sort of consistency <laughs> Um, but he does it with as well. He's reliable in front of goal and everything. I think he's a nail on for around the 7th sort of spot.
1: Not many teams would turn their nose up at Jamie Vardy.
2: No,
0: agreed, agreed. The only thing I would add is that for all the plaudits that um, Leicester rightly gets, I think they're a really good team and the job that Rogers has done, there's no way they'd be as high up in the table either last year or this year That's without true. Vardy. He is their, their key man. Um, okay. So, I mean, Nicholas has obviously already told us who's in his number six position. But um, who, are, who have you Jack got there? Jack Grealish. Okay. Um, before you uh, go into Jack Grealish, as we regularly <laughs> do on this podcast, Nicholas, do you have <laughs> Grealish I do. in Am your I ten you where? somewhere? You, yes,
2: yeah, sure. Why not? I went that high. Yes. Third third wow there
0: we go that is bold i can certainly i can certainly see it to be honest um well okay well, pip you talk us talk to us i, I lost the power of speech talk to us about why you've got but
1: one thing, a big factor i think in my decision making was how inf- influential a player is for a team and um grealish is the epitome of that really he is the poster boy for us and villa um so many of his attacks go through him his quality on the ball. And I have to say, I was sceptical when the first hype came out. I wasn't, I didn't foresee him doing so well for so long, to be honest. Uh, but there, it reaches a stage where you've got to admit, yeah, he's a quality player, really. Um, he gets goals, he gets assists, he looks good on the ball, um, excellent te- technically, works very hard for the team. And so um, without a question in the top 10 for me, um, I didn't rate him as high as some of the others cause, um, maybe a little bit of team bias but also just hasn't performed for so long with such reliability as the players above him um, but yeah, been excellent this season, uh, so good for Villa one, uh, one of the highest chances created uh, perhaps? He has the most three passes per game, that's yeah. that's what I've, I've got written down. And joined second um, big chances <laughs> created Uh, It's the stat I wrote down. Um, Six assists, a few important goals as well. So, yeah. Five goals.
0: Let, let we can. I also just say this? This is mainly to the listeners and not to you two. Anyone that wants to come on, Die diehards and glory hunters, this is the sort of effort and professionalism that I will expect from future guests. I am loving the stats well, you know that are I... being reeled off here. You two have it's done your I'm homework terrified fantastically. That I'm terrified. I'm
1: going to get ripped into. I know the smallest mistake from previous experiences on the podcast, the smallest mistake to get <laughs> jumped on. So. so I'll have to... Bit of armour and my own weapon,
2: pressure makes diamonds. And we, we
1: are, we've got diamonds. We've got diamonds a plenty on this podcast. A pressure cook for environment, diehards and glory hunters.
0: Oh, I see. So, so they're, they're, they're fear stats, are they? Is that, is yeah, that they, they are? Tensions,
1: after a, a couple of weeks at home together and um, ba- some bad announcements in the news, tensions are running a bit high. So I, I knew that the smallest little thing could flare up. So you just need a bit of protection sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh brilliant um okay well obviously um greenish is in we know that you've both picked him within the top 10
2: um nicholas tell us um, why you've got him as high as third i think the po- it's the same points pit made really but um the only one i'm gonna add to it is he's churning out um five goals eight assists i think that's in all all competitions this season to be fair but um <laughs> in a team with the likes of El Ghazi who's
1: been uh, on fire to be
2: well oh, one of his finishes recently was incredible yeah. but they've got players like Mohamed, Um, um no, El, El Mohamed Mah- El coming off the bench whereas kind of other players in his position say Bruno Fernandes <laughs> you've got Yacovani as your second choice striker yeah. Um. so the fact he's churning out these numbers in this team um, and we've talked about it before but where is how well his teams doing this season as well? Yeah, I think um, I think all those factors yeah. merged together mean um, that he kind of he does deserve to be certainly higher than Sith. Well, and, and no, yeah, fair enough. I mean, the one thing
0: I, the, that I would add with Greenish, and I've made the joke before about how much airtime Greenish gets on this podcast, but I think the reason for that is that. I, honestly, it now gets to the point where I will watch an Aston Villa game yeah. just because he's playing and there's not another team in the league that I could say that about one player. Um, it, you know, it would be Villa against, Like for example, the Villa Palace game in which yeah. El Ghazi scored said banger. Um, yeah. I, I, that's a nothing game. It was on at three o'clock on Saturday or whatever but as soon as I, as soon as i saw it was on i was like oh i'll watch it and see how greedy plays because he's just such an exciting player to watch you know that if you watch him for 10 minutes he will do one thing that makes you go oh that's class that is um so yeah i i, I mean it's obvious that i'm i'm a big fan um well i think we'll say that we'll provisionally again similar to to henderson um he's in but um he may be moved up further but for now he's in in sixth position but i i personally wouldn't have any problem with him being a bit higher um so moving on to the top five um we'll switch to nicholas this time who have um, you got in i fifths? have salah in fifth
1: we finally agree okay, i also have salah. <laughs> hey, hey well that is a
0: first for the podcast so far the first time i don't have to make a decision of any sort which is always great Mohamed Salah nailed in, ding, 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 in fifth position. Um, so, well, Nicholas, you, you went first, so um, just tell us a bit about 13, Salah this season. 13
2: goals, three assists in 14 games. Um, and the fact, Liverpool are top, and he is kind of their main man still, especially this season with Mane not being quite on it. The um, yeah. points last season where you could kind of argue that Mane was the one almost leading the line. But um, he's just, with such consistency, every game... Um, and he does it in all games as well. He's not like um some players get criticized, don't play for only strawing against for small teams or whatever. He kind of um he does it against for big teams, he does it against the small teams, he's just that consistent. Um and thirteen goals in three games, that's more than a that's a goal or an assist. or um more regularly than every ninety minutes. And kind of that is that is remarkable. We've got slightly used to it with him in um recent years, but um it is kind of incredible the numbers he churns out.
0: Yeah, agreed. Anything else to
1: add? I guess I would say that the question here, the only question I feel I have to answer here is why he isn't further up. I feel like many people would put the top scorer of the league a lot higher than fifth. Um, And um, Mm -hmm. so why isn't further up? The only negative you could say, and I guess it's an accusation thrown at him often, is that five of his goals have been penalties. Um, And so once you take those away, then he drops... Down the rankings a lot, and for example, a bit of a spoiler, but my next one is Son. Um, the next player up my list, is Humming Son, and I, I found it, I was really struggling to decide which of these should be higher up in the list. And that's what really swung it for me is that Son is that Salah's chance conversion rate hasn't been as high as Son's, and um, yeah, five of his goals have come from penalties, and Son obviously Son isn't penalty taker for Spurs hasn't had that opportunity to bolster his numbers um so that's why i put him in fifth um but yeah no question he's on the list
0: yeah no i think um the what i would say is that just for anyone thinking well he could arguably be number one i think again we're just talking about in relation to this season because in terms of quality of players in the premier league full stop he is right up there, Salah. He's consistently brilliant. He's been doing it for a number of years now. And if anything, I wonder if that's gone against him in terms of picking this, because I don't think you're particularly either of you are wrong with fifth place. I think that's about fair. Yes. It's just because we get used to it, don't we? And maybe why why Son is above him, and I don't know if Nicholas has got the same, but I wouldn't be surprised. Is just because it's it's more, more it feels like Son's best season whereas Salah's best season's probably already happened, and that's just testament to him, really. Um, so, yeah, no, but nothing else to add. I- I'm very happy that, obviously, he got mentioned, and I think fifth place is about right if we're ranking it off this season. Um, so, Nicholas, who else have you
2: got in fourth? Obviously, a bit of a domino your, effect, because we're some. agreeing for a second time in a row. I also had
1: one.
2: I have some fourth and oh, him higher just because of the more clinical nature of him than Salah.
0: Yeah, perfect. Oh well, that followed on nicely from my point. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Son's been fantastic this season, hasn't he? Um, him and Kane have obviously been the most effective partnership. Anyone want to add anything um, else on Son or well, we on the,
1: Not only does he score goals, he scores great goals. That got um, well, that wonder strike. Um, yeah, from distance curling. Uh, who was it against when he scored really early? Do you know the one I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Arsenal, Arsenal, I
0: think. Denise called that DC um, against Arsenal.
1: And um, yeah, influential players between uh, Kane and Son. Um, again, they've had uh, hu- huge attacking contributions for the Spurs team and for each other. It's such a great partnership. Um, and uh, I know Spurs fans rate Son very highly. Um, in fact, I got because I was struggling with this Son Salad event and got in touch uh, with a couple of Spurs fans friends of mine shout out to Matt and campbell um um yeah and, uh, <laughs> it's just so important to spurs um and uh yeah that's my point <laughs> not the most eloquently made one but um he's just really good <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is just really good. Yeah, I think that sums out quite nicely. Um, OK, so before we get into the top threes, though, obviously, we know that one of Nicholas's um, top three is Jack Grealish, of course. I'm just going to do a slight recap um, of the players that we do have in already. So after much debate, um, we have gone with Emiliano Martinez of Aston at number 10 who is obviously the only goalkeeper that we've mentioned at number nine at the moment is Jordan Henderson um and though that's provisional it's start. The, the further we've gone on this I've started to feel like that's about right unless anyone else um comes up with a last minute shout um eight we don't have anyone at the moment players that were mentioned were Mane, Ings and even a uh or mainly from a point of comparison but Dominic Calvert-Lewin. At seven, um, we've got someone who is absolutely nailed on in Jamie Vardy. Um, at six, we've got, at the moment, Jack Greenish, though he could end up higher. And then five and four are the other places that are absolutely settled um, in but the fact that both Pip and Nicholas picked them. And that's five, Mo Salah and four, Hung Min Son. So, uh, Nick, obviously, we know that you've got Greedish number three. And as I said, he may end up there. Um, But Pip, who have you Um, got? Again, I'm slightly inconsistent
1: with my interpretation of the question here, because I've just gone for who I think is one of the best players and another player who hasn't reached the heights of previous seasons. um, But I still think performances have been great. And there are a few stats, a few secondary stats that are good. But I've gone Kevin De Bruyne.
0: yeah i have to i'm glad he came up because i i actually think he's not getting enough credit this season because i don't know if his levels have dropped yeah, his, i just um, think his team's levels have um yeah, every he, time i see him play he's yeah, still he's their one best of the, player am um, um, sorry Pitt, on.
1: yeah one of these players this season maybe like Mane, who has not scored as many goals i think he's only got two or something but You just watch him and you can still just see how quality he is. And just because he hasn't got as many goals as previous seasons doesn't take away from the fact that he's a quality player. He's top of the big chances created if you do want some stats to support him. Um, Joint second in assists with seven. um, And uh, City have not lived up to their previous performances as a team. And I don't think you can necessarily blame De Bruyne for that. Um, And yeah, I still just think technically... The, um best player in the premier league arguably some of the passes he pulls out in games are just ridiculous uh and so um despite um the comparisons to previous seasons uh i still think he's top three player in the premier league right now
0: nicholas any any reason to, i guess no, you I, didn't hit he's him not or, in my list you, have you got it um, even
2: higher and stand up thinking about my points some of the points raised are good ones and um when I was planning for this, I wrote him down kind of when I was just brainstorming before um, turning into a percentages man. Um, so I just wrote him down automatically because um, <laughs> I am such a big fan of him. But um, just, just this season, and I know you can say, oh, his team's not playing so well and kind of that's not his fault. But also you can't, I'm not going to give a player a sympathy vote if his team's not performing as well. I'm not putting him higher because he's not getting the ball as much.
1: And to be fair to Nicholas, if we put players like Grealish um, and Martinez in because they've been so influential for their team and Vardy, um, because we've said a team's doing well, so their best players should get in. If you look at the flip side of that, if a team's not doing as well, then perhaps their best players... yeah, should be given less of a shout. I, I, I'm not going back on my word. I still firmly put Kevin De Bruyne at least on the list. But um, I understand what Nicholas means.
2: Man City are eighth. They're eighth in the league
0: with 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 a couple of games in hand. In fairness, they I think they would be pushing top four if they won both of those. Um, how, however, that's not that was not my point. As a child of a mother who is a mediator, I am obviously (laughs) very familiar with compromise. And therefore what I was thinking is that given that we haven't got anyone nailed on for eighth place and there wasn't really a compelling argument either way, I didn't think. Are we willing to put De Bruyne in, uh, in eighth position as a sort of halfway house between he's still an absolutely brilliant player and the fact that he's not been quite as good or quite as influential this season. I, I, are, are you
1: both happy that?
2: with well, that? Hmm. I just also, if we're talking about um players in his position, I'm sure I'm sure most view, um listeners will have worked it out already. Bruno Fernandez is coming. Jack Grealish has already been mentioned, and those are two players just in his position that are have been better than him this season.
1: Uh how about an alternative compromise? We um we had Grealish in a six, I'd be willing to rotate Grealish and De Bruyne. I'd be willing to accept Nicholas Grealish in third and put De Bruyne down in sixth. Okay. Alright. You, you know what? I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Kevin De Bruyne goes in at six and Jack Grealish gets a nice big boost into a so pretty heighty
2: third hold on. place. So we're saying Vardy um, has been worse than Kevin De Bruyne a season. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh I'm that's so a good, good point <laughs> but I, yeah i, I don't <laughs> think we Just can have Vardy below tricky. kevin de bruyne this year
0: oh that's a good point well yeah see this is where it was always going to get challenging it wasn't going to be the
1: selecting of the players it was going <laughs> to be where well, they at, i they say this exactly comes down play. to you george and your interpretation of the question that you set because if you ask me who's the better footballer right now jamie vardy or kevin de bruyne i'd say kevin de bruyne if you say who's done who's played better who's in better form who's played better for their team done more for this their team this season then vardy so yeah well this is how i will choose to
0: answer i to be honest when i set you the question I, i left it I don't want to say deliberately, but it was open-ended. It required some interpretation of how you answered it. And I'm glad that you both seem to, to an extent, have answered it in the way of who's been impressive this season rather than just picking the objectively best players. Because I actually think okay. if you were to do that, De Bruyne would be number one, in my opinion. Um, so, given that we're not doing that, and that's not the way that the list has gone so far, I will put De Bruyne in 7th place and I will bump Jamie Vardy up one because I think Nicholas. when Nicholas said that I did think yeah that that, that sounds wrong because Vardy has definitely been both more important and just genuinely more impressive than De Bruyne this season so Vardy also gets a smaller boost and goes up to 6th place and don't worry (laughs) listeners I will try and attempt to recap all of the changes and our official top 10 when we actually do finish but for now well i mean nicholas has already uh, he, stated he is, i think he now, was yeah. in second place uh, um
1: i've gone the other yeah, way i've, and, gone and Finna- I've you gone got kane second
0: right okay well uh, i'm sort of maybe guessing then who are for you Moses. might as well say it who oh, are your sure. number one picks mm. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> that would have been a horrible shocker if someone had said something like Joel Belton yeah. or something. But, uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they have been the two outstanding players in the league this season. And this is also perfect because basically you both get to pick one to represent, to argue who should come out on top because we all agree that they're the top two. It's about deciding who is number one. So uh, we'll start with Nicholas. Why did okay. you pick Harry First Kane of all, as most goal one?
2: involvements out of any player in the league? Also, the most man of the match awards out of any player in the league. Um, uh, the, te- the ten assists is ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, fair. and he's only he's got one less goal than Fernandes. Fernandez, and also. Um, the because I debated these two as well, but the thing which made me put Kane ahead of Fernandez is um, not the stats, surprisingly. But if you watch the Tottenham games, he makes some very important tackles and stuff defensively. His defensive output for Spurs from set pieces and stuff, mm. uh, he has actually saved Spurs. I'd say at least three or four goals for the season as well.
1: It's a big claim. But um, yeah, speaking to Martin Campbell as well, I haven't watched as many Spurs games myself, but Martin Campbell um, said that just his all round play is phenomenal. And uh, I believe the quote was, it's almost like there's nothing he can't do. Um, they made the same point about heading away from corners. Um, just all all round, he can assist. And you're right, tennis this is crazy. And if he kept it up, there's a chance he could break, break reach De Bruyne's assist record, De Bruyne slash Omri's assist record um and uh, Andy gets goals, andy assists yeah he, he does everything and um you're right if i I quoted the five man of the match awards for Pope, seven man of the match awards for kane is um yeah of course even more impressive um and so kane all around great the re- the only reason I put Fernandez ahead is for, um from watching Man U games, yeah. it is as if just every single Manchester United attack—it's Fernandez. Just every single attack, no matter what side, what position, it always seems to go through Fernandez. Yeah, um, he seems to get a goal or an assist pretty much every game. Um, and uh, I don't—I don't have percentages of um, goal involvement or anything. Fifty-four percent. Of Manchester United's goals, sees Ivor slaughter assists. Yeah, the reason I put that is just so influential in everything Manchester United do. And um, I know, and if you're talking about this season, then the difference um, between Manchester United really struggling and having to scrap the Europa League to then get um, to well now they're pretty much back on title contenders. And I think you'd have to argue that really. It's Fernandez that's driven that.
2: Can I can I counter this before you mediate, George? Um, Fernandez is fifty-seven percent, fifty-four percent goal involvement is impressive. Harry Kane is on seventy-three percent. And if we're talking that about, a mystery, if we're talking about um, Fernandez's impact on Man U, we can only hypothesise. But where would Spurs, including Son? Where would they be without Harry Kane? I think he makes more of an impact, or at least equal impact, to the Spurs team as Fernandez does to Man United.
1: And um, I'm kind of arguing against myself here, but also to um, have so many goal involvements from a team that's been accused of playing too defensively and parking the bus um, recently um, is also. Very impressive to be top of the assist chart and um, pushing the top of the goal chart um, in a team that's been criticised for being too defensive. Yeah. Whereas Manchester United have had their problems, but they still play fairly attacking football. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm of offence. I just, um, Fernandez, yeah, I've played. played Purely because when I watch a game, I just find it kind of laughable at how often the commentator says Fernandes on the ball and just the predictability of anything happening for yeah. Manchester United being Bruno Fernandes. But I guess it sounds like the same might be said for Son, maybe I've just, uh, for, for Kane.
2: Maybe 73% goal involvement is ridiculous. Maybe
1: I've just not seen as many Spurs games as Manchester United games.
0: <laughs> my my verdict is as follows i have to say Pitt, that when you were talking about fernandez i was nodding my head um thoroughly in agreement i i, I everything you said is is true it is crazy i just how useless they are without him because it's i actually think it's almost uh, an insult to the other United players, just how reliant they are with him. Because I'm not even joking, at times, it's like, oh, where is he? Where is he? We need to find Bruno before we can actually do anything. It's crazy how much of an impact he has had in in, in that team. And uh, United being second in the league, it it seems weird to me. I mean, I've seen, obviously, quite a few of their games this season. And at times, they don't look like a great team. But he is so important in dragging them through games however what i would say about fernandez is i think and most people would i i think agree with yeah. this he is the player of 2020 but that is not what we're picking and if we're going purely off of 2020 21 season which is sort of what this list has developed into and that's absolutely fine with me i i'm i side with nicholas ever so slightly because i think kane has been the outstanding player so far though Fernandez is second, isn't he? And, and as it stands, they're the two who are fair enough, fair enough. surely racing for PFA Player of the Season um, at, at the moment. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the second half of the season goes. But but no, yeah. But very good arguments from both of you. I totally buy it. Big fan of both players. Um, but I will lock in Fernandez in second and number one and Player of the Season so far is Harry Kane. So, to recap, Mm -hmm. and this has worked out perfectly, might I add (laughs) We are only missing one position And that is eight And I'm still not satisfied with either of the arguments that you presented Which is actually perfect for Mm -hmm. me Because it means that I'm allowed one wild card In terms of a player that neither of you mentioned That I think should definitely be in Mm -hmm. And that player is Andy Robertson um and my my reasoning for that is that I think in general Liverpool's defence has been more susceptible this season. Obviously Van Dyke's a massive miss. Um and um obviously and you know if he wasn't yep, injured, yes, I'm probably. sure he would probably be in this ten, you know, if not the top five. Yeah, exactly. Um but Robertson for me, his levels have not dipped, and if anything He's actually been more of an attacking threat this season, <laughs> and as you are both so statistically aware, this will back it up. He's now more of an attacking threat in terms of producing assists than even Robert Trent, which obviously um, n- n- was not the case last season. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think Robertson—he's he- just so consistent. Still, in a way, underrated. I think, even though you know, ironically, we talked about him. Um, in our World eleven. Um, but I just think he's... We talked about Henderson, but the the same sort of logic applies. He's such an unsung member of that Liverpool team. And I just don't think he has a weakness as a fullback. Um, and as, again, I'm just repeating words that you two have already said, because we focus mainly on attack in this list. Um, and I don't actually think, we, as it stands, we have a defender in there <laughs> because I didn't buy oh, yeah. the um, Vestergaard shout. Um, so... I'm going to allow myself one wildcard slash overall and I'm gonna put okay. Andy Robertson. I remember in George at um, number
2: when eight. we did the last podcast together, we said it would be interesting to see how Robertson did without Van Dyke. And I think he's answered us in terms of um criticizing him where he has stood for test of time. Which is what I'm sure his main motivation was. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs>
0: yeah i was gonna say i I know he's a big fan actually so um (laughs) he he did get in touch and said thank you for the for the motivational words that was really the boost that i needed um so andy you're welcome and good to see that your your form has continued (laughs) okay so now we finally have a top 10. I will go through them um, and <laughs> Pippa Nicholas, I would advise <laughs> you to listen carefully because I may get one wrong as we've chopped and changed them so much. But I'm pretty sure I've got it as it stands. So in number 10, we've got our only goalkeeper in the list, Emiliano Martinez. At number nine, um, who initially was part of a discussion but has remained unchallenged, is Jordan Henderson. At number eight, and my only Picking of the the 10 is his Liverpool teammate Andy Robertson at number 7 after some pretty hefty discussion and really the person who's had the most chop and changing we have settled on Kevin De Bruyne at number 6 we have Jamie Vardy at number 5 we have Mo Salah at number 4 we have Hung Min Son at number 3 up 3 after that sort of mid podcast debate we've got Aston Villa's Jack Grealish and the top two, and I think the top two who are maybe, if not a number of levels, at least one step above the rest, Bruno Fernandes mm. and number back, one I've Harry Kane. I'm
1: that back. After Boy, to that back I've not, I've, I've, just is that our doesn't top Doesn't quite right with me. Grealish being above Son and Salah, but oh, it does. It does for me. Um, but I'm willing to back down in the interest of surviving the next week at home, living with Nicholas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yes well there we go locked in that is the diehards and glory hunters top 10 premier league players 2020 21 a massive thank you as ever to podcast superstars well, the Smith brothers,
1: pleasure for Nicholas. thank you
0: so much for coming on boys no worries no worries um and for everybody listening as ever um follow the podcast in any way that you can on instagram facebook and twitter um there will obviously be new episodes coming in the new year and i suppose the final message that i want to say is that given that we've well it hasn't been a full year but given that Die diehards and glory hunters was born in 2020 um, and i have to say has pretty much done <laughs> as well or as not well as I expected. It's, you know, been massively fun to do. And my goal for 2021 is to double the um listening audience. So if anyone is listening and does think it's fun slash worth listening to, um especially, especially of course the ones that Pip and Nick star in, um, do give it a share, spread the word. I would really appreciate
1: it. <laughs>
2: that would
0: be very nice.
1: Thank oh, you. You've been talking to you, George. You've never been one to play hard to get, have you? Hard by Georgie boy. <laughs> right, uh, I'm on that note. <laughs> so any ladies out there, George is single. <laughs> i was going to just
0: end it on a classic and a happy new year but you've both spoiled it
1: (laughs) Uh,
2: well (laughs) there we are
0: um speak to you all soon